ready for the interview And if you get a cue live on the laptop Watch what I'm gonna do Welcome to the show Let them know we got a point of view Hey, yo, let's have a combo Say what you feel, be real That's the motto Real talk, pronto Doctor D, PhD, hit the intro Hold up, wait Gotta be social Network global A home for the locals Gotta be social Network global A home for the locals Okay, hold on one second. One second here. We were just talking about where I live, and I said it's for lifestyle purposes. And you're like, that means something different in my industry. You got to explain this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, like, you know, when people ask me, like, hey, Dr. Tara, I want to get into the lifestyle, uh, they typically mean like the kinky lifestyle. Oh, uh, yeah. We're going to yeah, talk the, about that. <laughs> yeah, the non traditional, like, sexual behavior lifestyle. Yeah. <laughs> I listen, I'm not, I'm not opposed to any of that. I'm just saying I'm up here just for like the nature gardening and stuff, you know, <laughs> and some group sex. <laughs> well, okay. <laughs> I go zero to hundred real quick. I love that. Drake and I are best friends. <laughs> I love that. Actually, you know what? I just had yesterday in my podcast, Eric Everhard, who is an adult industry star and wow. Layla London connected you and me to him as well so like i'm going i'm going to the layla list right now oh yeah. yeah layla knows great people in the sex industry oh my gosh and we're doing a like an um a project together like oh. a podcast series all about oh. sex like really raunchy or something different we're working on it right now so fun yes i can't wait to listen i yeah. might like have an orgasm in the car but who cares I actually told her, I think we should open up the first episode with her having an orgasm is the first part oh. of it. I think it would oh, like yeah. set the tone, you know? Oh my gosh. And she's multi-orgasmic. So that's a different <laughs> life, you know? It's a different life. <laughs> she knows pleasure, but she Man. chose to, which is like a part of a lot of what I preach is you have to choose the sexual wellness life. The sexual wellness life. It Expand upon that. You. <laughs> I want to hear about this, the sexual wellness life. Yeah. So before I became this person, uh, you know, I wasn't this person. I wasn't always someone who's sexually unapologetic, confident, assertive, talk about sex anywhere, anytime. Before I became, you know, Dr. Tara, the sex professor, the sex coach in my 20s, uh, if you have to, if I have to rate my like sexual confidence from one to 10, I was probably zero. Wow. There was <laughs> nothing there. <laughs> no. And honestly, a lot of it is, you know, personal experience where I grew up, but also like body image is a huge part. Uh, for those of you listening, you can't see me. Um, I'm a small Asian girl, <laughs> woman. <laughs> but when I was younger, like in my 20s, I was really skinny. Okay. Um, so I just never thought of myself be as like being sexy or sexual, because when you look at like the movies, magazine, you see models and celebrities, they're always like curvilicious, right? Like yeah. I am no Scarlett Johansson. So like, <laughs> <laughs> so I growing up, like I never felt sexy. I was pretty self-conscious. So what changed? Like, what was the beginning of this metamorphosis into the sexual animal? <laughs> like Dr. D, it's because I chose this life. And okay. back to where I said, you know, you don't, it doesn't just come to you. Like, people don't just have great, amazing sex with no effort. Like you choose it, you choose the life of sexual wellness, sexual well-being and exploration. You have to choose this life and do activities to enhance and maintain uh, the sexual wellness you have. 
Yeah. You know what? I started wondering as soon as we started talking and everything, I'm like, it was like in my mind that you are a professor. Also, I'm like, it must be a very different experience being a student in your class. I mean, like, you should interview them. <laughs> I know. How great would that be? Like, you, Dr. Tara is your professor? This is crazy. Yeah. 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 I'm a professor at Cal State University and I teach sexual communication and that's one class. And then I teach personal relationship, which is another class. I teach it at both uh, undergraduate and master's level. Beautiful. Now, yeah. listen, now let me, I'm going to ask you this. So like, what do the students think about sex? This, this group of students, this time, this age, Gen Z's, right. And how was it different from your experience at that age? Gosh, Dr. D, there's so much more acceptance and self-love, self-care, exploration nowadays comparing to, I assume we're like the same generation. Uh, I'm 44, man. I'm like, okay, I'm 34. <laughs> I'm, I'm older than you. See, I mean, <laughs> yeah. So you're like an old millennial. <laughs> I'm, I'm up there. I'm getting up there and I love it. Yeah. You're an older <laughs> millennial. I know. I was just talking to someone today, how like, I love getting older. It's only, it's only better. Like I freaking love it. Why do you want to be uh, 22? Like, uh, like no, like, in my twenties, it was a lot of chaos. Yeah. I was yeah. chaotic, uh, a lot of uncertainty, insecurity, and all of that. So like, I love yeah. where I am now, but basically uh, my students are, let's like put it in a context. Most of them are Gen Z's, you know, there are some non-traditional students that are older that like come back to college, but 90, 99% are Gen Z's. Um, yes. The oldest student I have is probably like 23 Okay, really young. These are young. Yeah, so they're young. Yeah, and they're exploring. But the difference that I'm observing, and I've been teaching, so like I've been a professor since my PhD program. So in the PhD program, I was an instructor. And then after I finished my PhD, then I got to become a professor and then work on that hamster wheel. But uh, so I've taught now uh, four, five, uh, 12 years. And... I have seen this huge shift in accepting uh, all kinds of sexual exploration amongst Gen Z. And you know what's really interesting? Gen Zs are not having sex, man. Okay, let's talk about this. Okay. Yeah. So you just said uh, more exploration. But yeah. I was, you, we're like the same mind right now because I was like, oh, I got to talk to Dr. Tara about this, about all these reports about how young people are not having sex, like the least amount of sex in recent exactly. history. What's going on? Isn't it so like, like paradoxical? Like they are so accepting. They're all about like conceptually exploring. Yeah. They know all the terms. Like they know what demisexuality, gray yeah. sexuality is, but yet they're not having sex by choice. Okay. I mean, uh, help me understand this. I mean, this. <laughs> yeah. So according to research and also my conversation with them is they don't want to haphazardly have sex because after learning so much from the internet and, you know, social media, uh, they realize how uh, perhaps like haphazard casual sex that are not like well thought out or not like intentional um, can be quite harmful. Are we talking about like one night stands, things like that? Yeah, and, like you like, can contract, uh, you know, sure. STIs easily from one night stands without sure. like having proper com uh, conversation and also just emotional damage, really. 
um, girls my age, I remember growing up, a lot of times we would go on like a whole year where we were single and ready to mingle and we don't care. We're sexually exploring. We have sex with people kind of haphazardly without having proper yeah. conversation. Um, and that's fine. Like to me, casual sex is a way to explore. I'm a bodily person. <laughs> But for them, it's like, no, I'm not going to go that route. I'm going to like wait. I'm going to communicate. I'm going to uh, establish emotional connection. And then maybe we'll have sex. It's so interesting because then you have this contrast of all these dating apps that people, young people are on. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's just it's like this weird paradox, you know, it's uh -huh. just like what it's just it's actually confusing to me, <laughs> even though you're explaining it to me. I'm like wait a minute. <laughs> like, I know it is. And I'm not, not to generalize like all Gen Z's because sure. there are Gen Z's that are having sex, but it yeah. is a trend. Where do you see this trend going? Is it going to like change in your mind? Like, I know you can't know, but like speculating, I mean. Yeah. To speculate, I think that it's going to go on for a while. Wow. Jeez, yeah, I think man. this entire generation, which is still younger people that are in high school or also Gen Zs, I yeah. think it will carry forward. I think they will continue to, uh, the majority of them will continue to wait uh, right. because they're learning so much more from the internet. Like there's just so much more like self-love, self-care, sexuality, sexual orientation, gender stuff on the internet now that they're like yeah. much more knowledgeable than when we were young, when we were their age. Yeah. Um, and they just choose to wait. Yeah. Actually, I think it's probably a good thing. I mean, honestly, I think so. you know, <laughs> I think it's probably a good thing. I mean, look, you're not that intelligent when you're like 18. So, you know, like, you're, you're not 20. intelligent you're really until not you're 30. That, <laughs> I know, like, you're just not that, in, you know, but people think they're really smart at these ages. Like, you really think you like have no life experience. You have like zero no. life experience. Like, you don't really no. know much, actually. You know, no, <laughs> that's that's so true. And in fact, when I like look back, um, a lot of casual sex that I had, and I preach this to younger people too, it's like, you don't need this, is uh, I wanted validation from these people that I had sex with. Yeah. Right. I wanted to be that like sexy woman. I couldn't find the confidence within myself. So I get it externally by having sex with people and they tell me how sexy I am, how yeah, great yeah. I look, how good I am um, at sex, oral, whatever. Um, and then I get that like external validation from them, which is super unhealthy. And that's like how I used to feel. Right. Yeah. So the fact that they, respect their own boundaries and know what they want what they don't want and they don't need external validation i think that's so awesome now okay so let's define this though like okay mm -hmm. what are we defining as sex that they're not having i mean are they having like like oral sex or is it like they're, they're not having intercourse like like do we have that information like yeah uh great question what is sex? So like, let me ask you, right, Dr. D. So if, if you, if like we, we go out on, for drinks and okay. you're like, oh, I just had sex with an am amazing woman last night. Uh -huh. What do you mean by sex? Is it penetration? Is it touching? Like, what do you mean? I'm I'm going I'm gonna go with for a thousand dollars penetration. A thousand dollar penetration. Okay. Thousand dollar penetration. That's the majority view. Right. That is correct. Uh, yeah. Most people, like 95% of people, will not say they had sex with someone if it was just like a handy or oral. Right. They would right. only say they had sex, quote unquote, sex with someone mm. when it's penetration. Yeah. 
So when we're talking about Gen Z is not having sex, it doesn't mean they're not fooling around. Right. Yeah. They're having sexual activities. They're, doing they're just not having jobs, penetrative sex. Up. Right. Okay. Yeah. So that's what I wanted to clarify. They're not having yeah. penetrative sex. Right. Like, how frustrating. <laughs> <laughs> is that your favorite part? I mean, it just seems like, is, I don't know. It just seems like <laughs> what's with all the fuss about that? Like, yeah, we did this. Uh, eh. <laughs> like, <laughs> Yeah, I'm. Uh, yeah, I think uh, there's uh, a, all kinds of differences too. Like, like sure. when we were talking about lifestyle, right? Uh, there's people who are in um, open relationships and polyamorous relationships more than ever. Uh, mm. Not that it never existed before. In fact, it has always existed. Yeah, it's just yeah. not in like the mainstream media and like not in research attention. Like researchers yeah. weren't trying to find polyamorous people to interview or study. That's right. Right. So it has always existed, but now open relationships and polyamorous relationships are like in the spotlight. There's probably going to be a TV show coming out. I know for a fact that there will be a TV show coming out. That's about polyamorous relationships. So yeah. um, now sex is like, it's defined in so many ways. For example, like I have one poly poly group that uh, they're my client and and I use client as singular because they're one unit. <laughs> okay. uh, they're my client and they, they're in a poly quad of four, okay. but only like person A and person C will have sex. And then person B and person C will have sex sometime. And person D is just there for the romance, like the romantic connection. So okay. yeah, when people are in a like polyamorous relationship, for example, not everyone's having sex. They're not having yeah. like group sex all the time. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I had a lady on. Uh, she's a clinical psychologist from Dr. Bisbee. She's from the UK mm-hmm. and she's in polyamorous relationships, but her and all of her friends, they sleep with each other. So mm-hmm. like like all of them like sleep with each other. I was like, this is pretty <laughs> different, man. Like, yeah, yeah. Our friends getting to know each other, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, friends with benefits, for example, uh, is super common amongst like college age people and mm. also like people in their 30s uh, to explore sexually and not being in a committed monogamous romantic relationship. Now, like, how do you feel about that? Like, are you in a monogamous relationship? Yes. In fact, the question about what I would do uh, would be shocking because I've been married for almost 18 years and it's it's been awesome. I'm telling you right now, it's been awesome, but I have to admit, I'm not sure it's for everyone. I really don't think it's for everyone. I think it's actually really hard work. It's like incredibly hard work. Like you don't get into marriage if you're not willing to be into really hard work over time. Oh my gosh. Well said. Yeah. Yeah. And so many people jump into it and just very flingy, like almost, you know, it's like, I don't don't realize what you're doing, but how do students view monogamous relationships that you've seen? And what is the research saying currently about that in this generation? Yeah, no, they're not into marriage. Yeah, I figured that. Yeah. (laughs) And they're not having sex. They're not in a marriage. It's motherfuckers. They're just, you know, emotionally exploring. Yeah. I mean, what's going on here? (laughs) Uh, I love what you just said about being married for 18 years and you like fucking love it because research found um, time and time again that for women, especially uh, sex in a committed long-term relationship is better than casual sex. 
Interesting. Not to say a casual sex is uh, always bad. Obviously, Layla, <laughs> Layla tells us how fucking amazing Layla it is. Layla does tell us. Yeah, that, and yes. I had my years of fun, uh, fun and sexually satisfying casual sex as well. Yeah. So I, I'm not saying that to dismiss that all, but research did did find a pattern of women who are in a committed relationship having more orgasms and reporting yeah. better intimacy overall. So yeah. you're you're there. Do you have sex at least once a week? I would say it's once every like ten days or okay. so. Okay, actually, yeah. it's been more the longer we've gone in our relationship. Yeah. I think it's so, kind of something. It's it's amazing actually. I love it, and I want to ask more questions too. But uh, the research found <laughs> there's a lot of studies. Again, uh, not just one study, multiple studies right. found that couples that have sex at least once a week. Uh, reported the highest relationship satisfaction and sexual satisfaction well let me ask you some i've seen some information mm -hmm. that okay so we, you're talking about young people are not banging okay i got it i see that i've also heard about a lot of sexual dysfunction for younger people and all this we can talk about that but what about on average like people my age or older i thought i saw something where a lot of people were having sex like once a month at this mm -hmm. point if they're lucky like what's going on here once a month is generous. <laughs> oh my gosh. Tell me yeah, more. What is going yeah. on here? Gosh, you know, some couples haven't had sex uh, for six months. I have a couple who's uh, my secret clients. They haven't had sex for three years. Why? <laughs> you know, <laughs> the honest truth is they they're not attracted to one another. Oh, man. That's the honest That's truth. That sucks. That people are not willing to accept and admit. Mm. yeah so when mm. i probe further and further and further we we you know well i'm just so busy and they're like okay let's probe uh mm. what are you busy on da, 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 da. well it's just that like what if you get help you know well that's also this what if you do this uh okay let's just admit you are not attracted to him yeah. well he could lose some weight or well Ooh. he could yeah or yeah. well he could groom more or well he, like he doesn't even like change from his regular clothes ever like you know so <laughs> that like loss of attraction and sometimes right. it's so much deeper than grooming and clothes man mm. it's like i just don't even have chemistry with this guy anymore yeah. and you know the truth is that's okay the truth is like, that's okay. And I don't think people that are, that want a divorce should be shamed at all. Like you should totally get a divorce ASAP. <laughs> Just kidding. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a supporter of trying. I'm a supporter of being patient mm -hmm. first, but also recognizing real differences um, in growth of the two people in the relationship and accepting the fact that if it doesn't work out and we're now two completely different people, it's okay to get a divorce. Right, right. Um, for better, for a better life, it's like you only live sure. once, right? Like I even agree. if you're fifty, you still have like solid thirty years. You don't want to live that <laughs> like passionately. I mean, some people don't have a solid thirty years. But you know. No, I know that's that depends on so many other things. You know, what's so bad is like I mean, my business is health and fitness, the whole thing. But mm -hmm. you know, the majority of the population has about fifty years of healthful living. And then yeah. the rest is in this terrible morbidity window where there's just chronic disease and stuff. It's, it's pretty nasty, but oh. it's not good. But I think I wonder, <laughs> like, it's definitely not good. I mean, imagine again, like, how can you have a great sex life and you're just you're always injured and stuff and, and you don't, That's you know, true. pain doesn't make you feel sexy. Not at you know, all. Like, like when you're hurting because you have a 
chronic condition. I don't think, I don't think you tell me that you would want to be like really intimate when you're just like always in pain. You know? No. And to be honest, I'll give myself as an example. Uh, last year in September, we went to Italy for a few weeks. I got extremely sick. I had a yeah. bad case of colitis. There's like a parasite Ooh. in my uh, tummy. And for weeks, we didn't have sex because I couldn't. Yeah. Because I was just so like, it was so painful. It was so, so painful. Yeah. I, I was walking in like the letter C because I can't yeah, like, I'm, yeah. I just can't even straighten my back because of how painful my, my stomach was. So yeah, I totally get it. Like uh, fitness um, and sex go together like Completely. so much. It's like intertwined. <laughs> Completely. So what do you say? Like you said that number is generous. What's the actual, what is the, what is the data saying about the sex lives of people generally in my age group beyond 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s? What's the data that we got here? The most uh, common problem, the biggest issue that couples in their 40s that have been together for over 10 years experience is mismatch in libido, a mismatch in sexual mm. desire. That's the number one issue that oh. most studies would suggest. And typically is one person doesn't want sex and the other person wants sex all the time. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, in my own line of work, uh, I have a very simple solution, but yet we have to put, you have, we have to work on it. Right. But the solution, to, like the process to get to the solution is easy. For, for example, let's talk, let's say we're dating and I'm asking, Hey D like how many times a week, do you want to have sex to feel like, hey, like my sex, my sex life is healthy? Yeah. Like how many times a week do you want? I mean, I would say one to two times. Honestly, I'm okay. I feel like that that number has definitely changed uh, yeah. when I was younger, uh, but it seems pretty satisfactory to me. Honestly, okay. You know. Okay, so let's say your desire is like, yeah, once a week, really good sex. I'm no. happy. Okay, let's say I come in and we're we're together, and I'm like, no, like. I think for me, a healthy sex life for me is three times a week. Sure. So now the math is simple. Three minus one equals two. How do sure. we substitute, substitute for that two? I mean, I'm telling you right now, I would meet the number. I'm <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Like that's, but that's because you're aware and you put in the effort. For a lot of people, it's like, no, I like, I want my, what I want. You want what you want. But for me, my job is mediating that. And like, okay, how can we yeah. meet in the middle? Three minus one equals two. How do we substitute two in a way that two people are happy? So yeah. we have to go into the realm of creative sexual activity. Creative sex. Let's talk about that. Yeah. Creative sexual activity. What's, so what's many things you can do that are sexual that's non-penetrative. That's not in a sense like traditional sex. For example, you can substitute the two with mutual masturbation. Okay. Two of you can be lying next to each other, hear each other moan and just jerk off, man. Like have yeah. sex, like have a <laughs> masturbate. And you can come and get a release. And that's also contributing to sexual wellness, right? Yeah. It's getting creative in ways to get off. Um, okay. That's one of them. Another one can be what, what if you um, give the other person a handy or a blowy, right? Yeah. Uh, what if we together watch, uh, briefly watch porn? Yeah. Uh, what if we do sexual meditation and we just touch and squeeze? Uh, because let's be real, like a lot of times when we say we want sex, we really want to be wanted and we want to be touched. Mm. 
because humans need touch to live. Yeah. We really do need touch. And for, for sure. people who feel so neglected is because they weren't touched for a long time. Right. In a way right. that they feel wanted. Yeah. And the number one reason for divorce uh, is infidelity. But then the number one reason for infidelity is people not feeling wanted in their relationship. Right, right. This makes a lot of sense, actually. Yeah, so creative sexual activities, like let's substitute the two. Three, I want three, you want one. Three minus one equals two. What can we do for the two? What can we do for Let's the two? masturbate together. Let's yeah. watch a little porn. Let's do a little naked uh, jumping in the hot tub. Let's do, you know, other things that are sexual that's non-penetrative. Yeah. Is this part of Dr. Tara's uh, secret recipe? That's my <laughs> prescription. Yeah. This is this prescription. <laughs> that's my prescription is do whatever that's sexual and intimate. No one judges you. I never judge my clients and people. Uh, you know, do whatever you guys feel like it's intimate and sexual. Doesn't have to be penetrative sex. What's the biggest hangup that people have that work with you or just, or maybe what are some of the most interesting questions students have asked you related to sex? Uh, two, two things. Um, one is they want to explore something that they know their partner wouldn't be down with exploring. Mm. Uh, and then two is, gosh, that mismatch sex drive, man. It's a, it's a huge issue. Like millions of people experience this. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. But the exploring, it's it's um like is it is it a an attitudinal issue or is it a communication issue? For example, like are there things that you absolutely will not be down to do? Maybe. I don't know. I'm not sure. Like, actually. would you be down for like let's say we're dating, would you be down for me like pegging you? What's that? Me wearing a strap on and having sex with you anally no <laughs> i don't think okay. so yeah so for that like let's say my student would ask like okay like i saw this on tv like actually broad city the show uh, yeah. talked about this like i saw this on tv and i'm fascinated i really want to try i don't know how to bring it up or like yeah. i know he will not be down right that's the yeah. question that people usually yeah. have oh yeah how do they get around that like what's the like how can you get around that <laughs> uh, gradual <laughs> don't lose hope uh, don't lose hope don't lose hope but uh i would don't say uh, gradual and collaborate yeah. compromise and collaborate for example if it's like you know a fantasy that you're like oh my god that's so cool but it's not like a huge part of your sexual identity just think about it when you jerk off and like lose it right if it's yeah. not like something that you must do uh but there are things that people are like oh this i'm like i'm huge into this and i can't believe my partner is not willing to do it with me yeah. for example one of my clients is into feet and okay. his wife is like absolutely not that's weird <laughs> right uh for him it's like you do you not love me to compromise to have me like you know jerk myself off with your feet yeah uh and like, why can't you do that? Like, it doesn't hurt you in any way. So like, it's two people misunderstanding each other, right? Because for her, it's not about that. It's about like, what about me? Do you not want me? Do you not right. want to have sex with me? Like penetrate in my vagina? Like, why is it that you just want my feet, right? For her, it's not about him either. It's about like, she wants to feel wanted. Yeah. Have you seen some people's feet? Not good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
I don't personally get off from feet, but I can no. understand some of the psychology behind it because some people have really pretty feet. What is the psychology behind it? Because it's not thing- a thing for me, man. Say that. <laughs> <laughs> have you seen my feet? Just I haven't seen your feet. I mean, I mean, throw them up there. We'll see what's going on. <laughs> I have, I dated someone that was super into my feet and I like really? just let him jerk off with my feet multiple times. Wow. Was that pleasurable for you? I mean, no, but I also, he, so like he would do that. And I would also like put a vibrator on my clit because it's oh, a mutual activity. Yeah. It's I a see. mutual activity. It's something that I do for the partner that I was with. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> the funny thing is uh, majority, like 99% of people with foot fetish are men. Really? Why? Have you ever heard of a woman who's into feet? <laughs> not, not really, but I just wonder why guys are in that. I don't know. It's weird. Uh, there's no proof, but like there's actually, we can't really test this, but like my theory is um, for heterosexual men, like women's feet are so much nicer. Oh, for sure. Yeah. So I don't think like being a heterosexual female, like I don't think, uh, well, I'm not heterosexual, but for heterosexual female, like I don't think we look at men's feet and like, Oh my God, that's so sexy. No, no. You don't want to see these feet, man. No, it's stinky. <laughs> Most of the time, men have stinky feet. It's not good. <laughs> I'll tell you right now, it's not good. Dr. Tara, it's not good. Exactly, exactly. So I just think, yeah, my theory is just like, we just have nicer feet. Maybe that's, that's probably what it is, I'm thinking. Uh, do you ever have to like combat disinformation from people? And when you're talking time. about sex, like, give me some examples of that. Yeah. Uh, number one, if you use a vibrator, you will lose sensation on your clit. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> lots and lots and lots of people think this. Mm. And that's a huge myth. That's Where are a- they getting that from? Where are they getting that information from? These like fucking online guru. Oh. Like, Enough. With no, you know, knowledge or research experience, they just coin themselves like sex guru and then giving all this <laughs> fucked up misinformation. It's so annoying. They're like, Jeez. if you use the vibrator too much, you're going to lose sensitivity in your clit. Like, no, you don't. You oh. really don't. Like, it doesn't interact in that way. And you can ask an OBGYN medical doctor, like, it's yeah. you don't lose sensation on your clit. It's so crazy. that's like number one that lots of people think. Another thing, and this is perpetuated by pop culture a lot and music and rap music, is if you have a lot of sex, your vag become loose. Oh, loose vag. Loose vag. Yeah. That's not true at all. That's a myth. And let me bust it right now. It let's is not bust true. It. Yeah, let's bust it. <laughs> let's bust it. <laughs> bust it, baby. Uh, the vagina and the vaginal muscle and canal is so freaking strong. Uh, if you, you know, if you have sex with someone, let's say with a huge, like unreasonably huge penis, yeah, uh, it doesn't mean that it will get stretched out and stay like that forever. It comes back. It bounces yeah. back. It's a muscle. Right. So it's, there's no like loose vagina, um, except for there's actual problems. Cause I just talked to a woman that does, um, Dr. Karen, she's at, uh, the Cedar Sinai hospital here and she does like vaginal construction surgery, uh-huh. um, reconstruction surgery. And she said after, um, natural childbirth for some women, not all for some women, it will be, um, 
it will be loose and they may have like other issues as well. That's why they do like, you know, the mommy surgery. Yeah. You know, it's funny to think that like, okay, this baby that's like, you know, between seven to 10 pounds or something. It's huge. Huge, right? That makes sense for some loosening. Uh But a dude thinks that his dick (laughs) is going to be like the thing that does it. It's such an ego trip, man. It is. It's always fucking, it's always men, man. Such an ego. Like all this war that we've had in the, like in the world, Uh, the current time in the past, it's all men. It's men and their ego. It's so (laughs) fragile. Yeah. It's uh, like men thinking, yeah, you can't handle this. Or like your, you know, your, your pussy is going to be all stretched out and like, loose because like my dick is so large. Like I have a horse dick, like no bro. Like they can have like a eight pound child. Exactly. So relax. <laughs> relax. It's really nothing compared to the baby that's coming out. Of it. <laughs> and for most women, it bounces back. They don't really need that surgery. Right. Some do, some don't. All right, let's let's talk. We talked about mass. Let's talk about masturbation a little yeah. bit. We talked about mutual masturbation. Actually, yesterday, Eric Everhard was telling me about conscious masturbation. Mm-hmm. Never heard of that. But what are the stats on masturbation, generally speaking, among population, young, older? Do we have that information? Yeah, we do. <laughs> uh, masturbation. Let me recall. Um, I just taught it. So men of all sexual orientation masturbate every day. Uh, Not up a until, surprise. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, up until 30 years old. Really? Men what in their 30s, at 30? Men in their 30s and 40s don't masturbate every day. Uh, we suspect it's sociocultural pressures. Hmm. It's, not, it's not hormones. Hmm. Uh, well, hmm. some hormones, actually. Some if, you, hormones. if you eat really shitty... Yeah. and you don't exercise, you don't have the drive. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, people don't, they completely let themselves go and eat shitty food every day. They don't have the sex drive. Oh my uh, gosh. It's hormonal <laughs> issues, you know? Like, and you, wow. like, do, you deal with fitness. You know how like important yes. fitness is kind of intertwined of with your sex drive. Of course. So yeah, if you eat shitty, you don't exercise, all of that, you don't have sex drive to begin with. But for, let's say, a regular healthy young man of 30 years old and above there's like a lot of socio-cultural pressure so like you're 30 you're supposed to be making it like you're 30 yeah. you should work harder and all of this like stressors combined they probably just don't want to masturbate interesting how about women what's the stats on women with masturbation women masturbate a lot however uh however women older women like women past 30 so women in their 30s and so let's talk about sexual peak. Yes, let's so do. Men peak in their 20s. So did you feel like you peaked sexually in your 20s? What does that mean, peak sexually? Like what is just super sexually active? Like you were horny a lot. You okay. were you were like having like longer sex, like super a lot of power, like behind it. Power behind it. Yeah. Power <laughs> so, of the the D uh, of Dr. D. <laughs> Dr. D stands for Dr. Dick, right? You didn't know that, did you guys? It's just a cover. It. It's just a cover. It. That's right. That's why I like talking to all these people about sex, you know, it's disguised like a, as a sex podcast. Um, I would say I was definitely, I think my libido or like my thought about it a lot more when I was in my 20s. And I think yeah. that started to slide a bit in my mid 30s. And in my 40s, I don't think about it as much, mm-hmm. but uh, I do, but just not as much. About yes. It. Like I'm yes. okay with that. I'm actually, I'm actually okay with that. You know, it's, but 
Yes. That's what's that's what's crazy to me about the 20 something year old people not having sex because that's when you're like thinking about it all the time. <laughs> Maybe they'll be having a shit ton of sex in their 30s and 40s. Maybe. Who knows? We don't have that data. They're not old enough yet. Yeah, this could be a scary future. I don't know. <laughs> uh, sex clubs for people in their 40s only. <laughs> Man, I heard a crazy story about like a sex club type of thing from Layla she, on my um, podcast. Yeah. Crazy people. Were, it was like a potluck. How is weird it, is it that? It is a potluck. Right. But people were serving chili and then having sex out in the open. That seems totally contradictory to me. I don't know. Right. I mean, I mean, yeah, just chilies. Yeah. Probably no anal sex. I mean, it may, <laughs> it's a different meaning to ass play. You know what I mean? It's like a whole different thing there. I mean, uh, if you're into poop, maybe. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> but the weird thing yeah. is some people are so disgusting oh what man. what not the sexual peak cycle that you just talked about about yourself you are literally like you are literally the textbook example the textbook yeah yeah that's yeah. so normal it's like yeah. for men uh in their 20s it's like fuck 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 sex 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 <laughs> And then in their 30s, like, oh, shit, I got to like strive. I got to work more. I got to establish <laughs> myself. A lot of people are starting having children, da, 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 get so busy. And then they think about sex less. And then in their 40s, they're like, now I'm just like trying to have good sex with my wife. <laughs> like, you know, just trying my best to have good sex with my wife in my 40s. So like they think about sex less. That's like totally normal. Yeah. Um, but for women, Women in their 30, um, women hit their sexual peak in their 30s, starting at like 30 years old. Yeah. So yeah, like women in the 30s are sexual. And I think also if you think about the modern society and, and women trying to have children, typically it's about 30 or late 20s or like mid 30s, right? Yeah. So it makes so much sense that like your hormones would go like sex, 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 I'm horny at 30 because it's also like biological part of you like oh let's have children even though you don't plan to have children in your brain it's like let's have sex duh, duh, duh. so it makes so much sense if you think about it in terms of like evolutionary theory yeah wow. so that's the differences between sexual peak and that's why like a lot of people in their 20s uh, a lot of women in their 20s will say yeah i didn't have i didn't even start having good sex until i was 30 yeah because they weren't yeah. there yet Right. This is a weird like mishmash because guys are like yeah. so into it in that time. And then, you know, I'm obviously this is just one version of sexuality, male, female. But right. Like, what, what do you make of different relationships, um, whether it's, um, you know, gay relations, lesbians? Mm. Is, is there a difference that we're seeing yes. there? Like, I want to know that information. Yes. So. Let's, I want you to guess uh, for, oh, man. For, for women, for women of all, like of all sexual orientation, let's say heterosexual, lesbian, okay. bisexual, uh, let's say the three groups, who has the most orgasms? Oh my goodness. Who has the most orgasms? Lesbians. Ding, 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 ding. Man. $1,000. Oh, <laughs> Dr. D brought the D. You see that? Uh. <laughs> Are you sure it's Dr. D? I feel like it's Dr. A plus. A plus. A plus plus. I mean, I you know what? It felt right. Yeah. Felt right. Yeah. So literature shows um that lesbian women experience the most orgasms. Wow. Mm -hmm. Let's explain this. I, I want to yeah. know the mechanism. Like, why is this the case? Um, I think two things. 
<laughs> women uh, also, we, we're like, we're women. So we understand the other woman's body. Uh, like we have the yes. same body, right? Like regardless of what it looks like, the mechanism is the same. <laughs> regardless of what it looks yeah, like. Yeah, regardless, like maybe we're one of, one of us is like much bigger. The other one is yeah. like super scrawny, like doesn't matter, but the mechanism is the same. And I think we take more time. Like uh, women take more time. And you know, yeah. in lesbian relationships, like the reported cuddling and foreplay is so like significantly longer than heterosexual relationships. Of course it is. Yeah, <laughs> they're just like cuddling and kissing and squeezing each other's nipples. And they don't like rush to penetration because yeah. like, if you think about younger heterosexual couples, like they want to like rush to that like penetration, right? Yes. But for lesbians, it's not the same. So in that case, like no wonder they take more time. They warm up the bodies more and they experience um, more reliably, like they experience orgasm. Yeah. And so, and like uh, male to male, what's the information there? Is it? So gay men have sex uh, for much more frequently than heterosexual males. Yeah. Um, And again, like if you think like, evolutionary theory like men were never when men never had to worry about carrying a child it's not in their dna uh, to worry about holding on to this fetus for like nine months yeah Uh, so for men sex is low stake right because Mm -hmm. there's like not not really any consequences apart from like now like sexual health and infections and diseases yeah so men have it in them like they're hardwired to like sex in general but of course like i said if you don't eat right if you don't exercise like all of that like diminish right um but let's say you do you know eat if you're a healthy male um you have way more sex and when it's two males like there's so much more sex (laughs) yeah you know i heard that actually i mean yeah you know i think there's this kind of stereotype of gay men of like this promiscuity lots of sex and stuff and and uh it's interesting to hear the data on this yeah and i mean have you ever like well you've not been on grinder but have you seen uh, it no uh, i have never seen grinder i've heard about okay it, yeah. i love being on my friend's grinder and just looking <laughs> through it because there will be literally pictures of just the torso like just the apps or really? just the dick wow. or just the ass no what? face no face Wow. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's very, very common. If you go on Grinder, it's very, it's very common. common. It's common. What's the deal behind that? No I mean, face, like... just the body. But why? Because in uh, well, specifically just Grinder. Okay, not all apps like Tinder is not like that. They show face. Uh, but yeah. on Grinder, it's a well, it's a known thing that they want to hook up. Like okay. they have sexual urges. They want to get together and be intimate and satisfy that intimacy Intimacy needs. Yeah. No need for relationship. So like no need for face. <laughs> I love the way you <laughs> say that. No need for apps. face. <laughs> no need for face. No need for face. Just show me your dick and apps. And wow. ass. And ass. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> like this is the truth. The truth is when you go on Grindr, you'll see grids. It looks like, it looks um it looks like Instagram, like little yeah. grids, like little square grids. And you will see tons, like at least 50%, 50% just dicks or abs. There's a lot of abs um, or abs. ass. Like, like, 
It's like I'm fit, bro. Like I don't know. I'm maybe fit, it bro. shows sexual vitality. Like maybe oh, I have yeah. high sex drive. Like I can really fuck. Man, what you know what that makes me think about? Like what about uh like sex pics you know nudes uh-huh. people send this is like way outside of my realm of reality like do you send dick pics no i've never done that before i want I've you to do it right it. now no i can't <laughs> <laughs> i will be send sending it to, it to my wife, wife right now you know, yes. if i sent that to my wife she'd be like what is wrong with you like what are you doing i don't want to see that you're talking to dr tara baby i know <laughs> my, you know my actually i don't know i want to know what you think dr tara but I don't know. A lot of the women I've known do not think dicks are particularly impressive looking. Like it's actually kind of not a, it's not exactly a beautiful looking thing. I mean, mine is, but listen, let's just, <laughs> let's not talk about me here. Dr. Right? D for a reason. <laughs> exactly. Let's come back to that. Exactly. PhD but, for a pretty huge dick. I didn't say it. She did. <laughs> what a woman. I need your uh, wife to confirm. <laughs> I'll t- uh, you know what you you text me afterwards I'll tell you right? <laughs> <laughs> but like I don't know like I never done it and but is I don't know I think about like what are the implications of that like if you're meeting somebody just sending dick pics to people like is there a healthy level of that or is this dangerous on some level there is definitely a healthy and unhealthy level. What's the healthy level? I'm trying to figure this out. <laughs> Let's do what's an unhealthy level. Okay. If you send a dick pic every day, bro, you need you need a hobby. Got problems. <laughs> you yeah. got you definitely got problems. Reach out to a therapist or a coach immediately. But there's guys uh, probably that think this is how a woman's dude, gonna there be into are. There are guys I, that I do just that every it to day her. and two strangers. Like that's what I, I'm saying. That's crazy. I get dick pics. No. Yes, my DMs is filled with dick pics. All right, all right. Uh, come on. What What do you think when you get it? And I mean, I I like immediately don't look at them. If it's like if it says in the archive, like in the what is it like the place where if we're yeah. not friends and you send a DM, it goes there. I don't even like look at the pro- like I don't click into it because yeah. I know it's a dick pic. <laughs> oh. Like, hey doc, can you look at this? Of course it's a dick pic. Like, fuck you. I'm not going to fall into your fucking trap. Uh-huh. Does anybody ever get like creative with it? They're like, oh, I sent this PDF document and it's like about this research <laughs> and then it's a dick. Like, what do you-, <laughs> you know, I'm a I'm a new age. I'm a creative sex coach. Yeah. Actually, some male, some uh, young men that I work with that perhaps experience sexual anxiety. I have an, uh, I have an exercise that I do with them where they have to send me a dick pic. Wow. Yeah, and they send it in a Google Drive. It's a, a picture of them in a mirror, a naked picture of them in a mirror. It's to practice getting over this like fear of like, oh, I don't look good enough. Oh, okay. Yeah, so in that case, it's fine. You're my client. Like, you what if they don't look good enough? As long as you believe it. <laughs> okay, it's yeah. belief. Okay, what's so, the healthy let's version? Talk about, yeah, so dick pics can be a beneficial event to a romantic relationship when one, it's wanted. Yeah. Uh, and two, uh, there is a message coupled with it that is about the receiver. <laughs> What's the message? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yo, baby girl, what'd you think about this big D? Just <laughs> uh, it is, for example, you can send a little dick pic to little dick pic. Sorry, little dick, dick pic. pic. Come on, 
Come on, massive dick pig. I'm trying to normalize things here. So uh, your regular size dick pig. I mean, not uh, everybody's a huge cock. I mean, seriously. And that's uh, okay. Most people you know? probably don't. I mean, the average erect penis is five inches. Right. And all women are satisfied with that if it's used well and there's a lot of foreplay. So let's right. be real. Um, but when you send it, think about the receiver. For example, you can send a dick pic and say, thinking of you. Yeah. Like oh. you are the reason why I'm horny right now. So it's usually no, a card that send someone sends pick. thinking of you. Yes, thinking of you. Get well soon. Get well soon. <laughs> Open up the card. as a dick that pops out. Speedy <laughs> recovery. Uh, after a night of like rough, great sex, like send a dick pic the next day and say speedy recovery is pretty cute. Speedy it's pretty cute. Uh, so make it about the receiver. Not about yeah. yourself. Not about your ego. Not like look at my big dick. Like no. Yeah. Send up dick pic because you want to remind them you are horny for them. What about vagina pics? Is that ever the same? Oh, I send no, them. No, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. I send I send vagina pic. I, if my partner is traveling and he's like abroad or somewhere else, like I send like a short video of me like using a dildo and then I send it to him really? and I said, thinking of you. <laughs> okay. But like, but just like, okay, I, I get that, but like just straight up vagina. Just like, hey, yeah, eh, here it is. You know, <laughs> like yes. yes. Really? Yes. I would I would I highly recommend doing it. I've never that. heard of any woman doing that, honestly. I like I don't know. It's or always dick pic stuff. A naked pic naked naked pick yeah so instead of sending a pick of dick the vulva itself uh you do a naked pick and send it to them like can't wait for tonight yeah or, oh that's sexy know. yeah i think that's yeah. super sexy and especially for long-term couples man like do it do do this to spice up your sex life so dr d i highly recommend you do it after hey. this call you better get that after this call. You Do it after this call and text her thinking <laughs> of you. You better get that password together, people. Exactly. <laughs> Put that phone on lock, man. I have and a 10 year old daughter, like, man. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Put that thing on lock. <laughs> but the thing is, like, you know, like, is it too bad if, if they're like, oh, my God, my parents are so like sexually into each other? I feel like it's a good thing. Actually, you're probably right. Yeah. About that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, my daughter already thinks that I think about us. Uh, yeah, but, of course. You uh, guys are like probably like the mo- the coolest parents. Yeah, we're very cool and we're very affectionate, you know, and stuff Aww. like that. My daughter sees that. I think it's yeah, important. It's really uh, healthy, especially like seeing like dad giving mom like the right kind of affection. Yes, yes, you know. But see, I think it's interesting. All this are these college students as open as you are about this? Like the way do you talk like this in class? Yeah, I want exactly. to take your class. Oh, <laughs> I talk exactly like this. Can I zoom into your class? Yes, <laughs> actually, I teach uh, sexual communication this summer. It starts in July. Wow. Fit in one man. of them and maybe record some and put it on your. <laughs> man, I tell you what, Dr. Tara, there's something here, man. There's something <laughs> big you. happening here. <laughs> Thank not... you. Yeah. Well, be on a lookout for all the listeners out there uh, of my TV show that's coming out next no. year. Really? Uh, but for now, listen to Love Bites by Dr. Tara podcast. It's all about sexual wellness. We're not done yet, Dr. Tara. I, you're not done. I'm like, I'm leaving. <laughs> no, you're not leaving. <laughs> Go send a dick pic. Unless you really have to leave. I have a few more questions. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. okay. Shoot it. Actually, I just forgot them. So anyway. <laughs> <laughs> no, I wanted to ask about your 5,000 subject study in yeah. your TED talk. Let's get into that. Okay. I'm going to talk about dicks anymore. Well, maybe, <laughs> but you know, it's like vaginas, but I mean, it's life, you know. It's life. It's life. 
So tell me about this study. I'd love to hear about it. Um, like this, why did you do this study? I did this study because I wanted to know the, my big question was what predicts long-term sexual satisfaction? Because I've witnessed so many people losing sexual satisfaction, the longer they're dating, the longer they're together. How can we bring that energy that we had for each other the first two, three years of dating into the rest of our lives if we choose to be in a monogamous relationship mm-hmm. and be with this person forever? How can we have a long-term sexual relationship? That's really my question. Mm. And um, I collected data uh, over like almost two years and it's all cross-sectional um, survey data. So definitely for all surveys, I mean, for all research studies, uh, I, I recommend people like take it with a grain of salt, you know, hmm. uh, quantitative studies like this, like where there's yeah. like 5,000 subjects, it's generalization, right? Sure. So maybe it's like a lot of people, majority of the people are like this, but maybe you're not, maybe you're yeah. different. So in this study, I found that three, three variables are the strongest predictors of long-term sexual satisfaction. That is sexual confidence sexual communication and sexual mindfulness Hmm. and we can unpack each of them briefly uh yes sexual confidence is the trust in your own ability to have a successful sexual encounter so let's talk about like how do you what is a successful sexual encounter for you a successful what is a sexual encounter like is like just like having having sex sex. yeah like uh, in a a session like what is successful for you yeah you know, uh, I think for me, it's like that the mindset is there ahead of time initially. I mean, I don't necessarily need that, but I think for us together, like the mindset is there, like, we're like excited about it later on, yeah. you know, yes. like, oh yeah, this is going to be exciting later on type of thing. Yes. And then, and, yeah, go for it. Yeah. Well, and then like, uh, during sex, like, let's say you conclude that sexual session, like what makes it successful? I think the the connection during okay. it. I know that sounds kind of cheesy, but it's true. Like the connection, the taking the time, that it's not this like, let's just go at it, be done type of thing, mm-hmm. that it has a rhythm to it. Mm-hmm. Um, now, how confident are you from one to 10 in, let's say, engaging in that, what you just described, a successful sexual encounter? How confident are you in your own ability? Like eight or nine. Okay. So see, you are someone with high sexual confidence. Yeah, I get that. Yeah, Yeah, that's right. That's right. (laughs) In my study, uh, there's a lot of uh, moderate level and low level of sexual confidence. Um, So yeah, the people need to work on themselves and that's okay. Like wherever you are, like I said before, I was super like so conscious when I was younger, like from one to 10, I was probably zero, maybe one. Uh, I worked on myself. I chose to, you know, like, embark on the sexual wellness journey. So that's the first variable. The second variable uh, is sexual communication Mm. in which is um, it's fueled by the confidence. Mm. Without the confidence, you can communicate sexually. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's true. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Without the confidence, you can't have that sexual communication and sexual communication is the strongest predictor. Mm. Yeah. 
Yeah, I you feel I feel like you have very strong sexual communication, probably. I, <laughs> I like, do, I do. Yeah, I, like I talk about sex with my partner a lot. I make sure it is a part of our regular yeah. repertoire. Yes, like, we talk yeah. about sex like almost every day. Yeah, see, I didn't do that for a long time, and mm-hmm. I would say in the last three or four years, it's it's, it's a regular conversation. I love point. that. I love yeah. hearing that. You know why? Because a lot of people think it's too late. It's never too no, late. No, no. Because no, you were married all. for 18 years. Yeah, it's a long time. And you started having <laughs> sex conversations or just conversation about your you guys' sex lives. Yeah, a last, lot more. Like, few years. Yeah, a lot more, like just talking about it a lot yeah. more. Yeah, how, like, how do we feel about Yeah, yeah. Our sex life, right? I also think that I, I just, share that. I'm just a more like experimental person the older I've gotten. Like I'm not in this trend where I'm like regressing as a person. And like getting set in my ways. If anything, I'm just getting like crazier mm-hmm. with stuff. So it's like, and I want to, and then like doing my podcast, like, okay, some people that would be talking to you would be like, oh my gosh, Dr. Tara said all this cock talk and, you know, vagina talk, <laughs> like very open and you're like very happy. Like me, I think it's amazing. <laughs> some people are like, they're not into yeah. that. Like they're like very closed off about me. I'm yeah. like, give me more. Like, let's do more. Let's talk about yeah. it. You know, and it's like yeah. somebody talked to me about water sports one time <laughs> here about peeing on each other. And I was like, yeah. didn't bat, I didn't bat an eye, man. I was like, OK, you know, let's talk about it. You know, I was like, right. Not my yeah, thing, like but, you know, cool. let's talk it's about how it. you get off. I want to talk about it. It's not me, but I want to talk about it, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know? me too. I think we share that curiosity nature of just yes. being human. The older I get, the more curious I am. Me too. Yeah. Yes. All right. So the last I realize one. realize there's so many things in the world that oh I like never gosh. heard of. <laughs> me too. I mean, I don't hear some of this stuff you said today. I was like, okay, all right. I don't, <laughs> what, what am I doing? <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. You're having vanilla sex, Van- <laughs> which can be great too. But so. whenever you're ready to cross that bridge, I'm here, man. You I have a, a program called Vanilla Crossing. Vanilla and it's Crossing? Me, yeah, and it's me facilitating a vanilla couple that have been together for a while to cross over to exploring other things. Yeah, okay. Vanilla um, Crossing. Okay, so good. the last variable that predicts long-term te- sexual t- satisfaction is sexual mindfulness. Mm. Sexual mindfulness is defined as the ability to stay present, uh, completely present during sex. Okay. So it is what you explained when I asked you, what is sexual confidence for you? Or what is sexual success for you? Yeah. You already explained that variable. You were like, well, when, like, when we're really into it, yeah. that's sexual mindfulness. Mm. People that score high in sexual mindfulness are the people that are quote unquote are able to get into it. Yeah. And there are some people that are just like dead fish or like Ugh. mechanical sex. That's the people that have low sexual mindfulness. Right. Right. So yeah, three, three of these things together can almost guarantee you a long-term really happy and healthy sex life. It is sexual confidence, sexual communication, sexual mindfulness. Wow. <clears throat> Pretty cool stuff. Thank you, Dr. Tara. This was better than I even thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to be pretty good, <laughs> but uh, it like blew my mind. Like, it's so, mo- so much fun. I know. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Yes, of course. And uh, again, let people know how they can talk to the wonderful Dr. Tara here. 
Yes, you can find me on my website, lovebites.co, L-U-V-B-I-T-E-S dot C-O. My Instagram is also lovebites.co as well as my TikTok. But if you go to my website, you'll see all my information as well as my podcast, Love Bites by Dr. Tara. Awesome. Thank you so much, Dr. Tara. Thank you, Dr. D.